Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. I'm Brad Wilson. Welcome again to Loving the Christ Life, our weekly podcast where we present wonderful teachings from Warren Litzman. The program is produced weekly by the Christ Life Fellowship. You can check us out at christ-life.org. We've been in an amazing study called The Cross, and Warren Litzman teaches it better than anyone. Today, we're part number nine. Let's get right into it. Here's Warren. It takes 24, 36, 48 hours for the average criminal to die on a cross. He'll die in about six hours. The reason he'll die is that he has already shed enough blood to not live. But he will live long enough for that cross to imprint in our memories what happened to our sin. Look at him hanging on the tree. His face is caked with blood. There's dirt all over him. His body exposed is covered with blood. His legs is covered with blood. But look more closely than that. Start at the head. There's still little streams of blood coming from the thorns. Just a little bit. He's fast running out of blood. Doesn't have much pressure left. Look at his face. Blood, mud, spit. Caked on his face. Take a good look at that face. That's how we look to God in our sin. That's us. We're in Him. But that outer view of Him is us. We're dirty. We're filthy. We're unclean. Look at the arms. There's still a little blood dripping down the arms as he hangs there, coming out of the hands. Just little streams of blood. Come both sides. They meet here in his midsection, and he's all covered with blood all around. Look at the back. That's the most painful part. I'm sure the nails didn't hurt. The most painful part was the scourging on the back. There in midair, tied to the cross, is a back cut to pieces. That's probably the greatest pain he had. Nail holes couldn't compare with that. 
look at it. The blood coming down his legs, meets at his feet, drips off at the bottom of the cross into the clods packed around the wood beam. See that blood? Look at it. Look at it till it makes you sick. Look at it till you don't ever want to hear the story again. Watch it. Go to bed at night. Maybe the Holy Spirit will let you hear the sound of the whip coming down through the air. Or you'll hear the cursing and the joshing and the laughing of the soldiers as they stick the thorns in his brow. This is no Hitler killing people. This is no Saddam Hussein in his torture chambers dealing with humans. This is Almighty God in the flesh taking our sin into his body, pushing out his life so that we could be free. No other religion can tell you that story. We're going to hear a lot about Muslimism as the days go by. They're trying to take over the world. But their message doesn't compare. They don't even have the same God regardless of what we see and hear. Listen to me. There's not anybody that ever had a Savior who took their sin. Not Mohammed. Not Buddha. Not any of the Indian gods. Nobody ever did that. Nobody ever said, I take your sin, I'll heal it, and in return I'll give you my life. Nobody ever said that. Nobody ever did that. But you see those bloody clods at the foot of the cross? Don't ever forget them. Because that blood never stopped. That's not just blood of a human. That's not just blood that Mary manufactured. She had nothing to do with the blood. She manufactured a body in her womb. But the blood came from the Father. Look at that blood. That's the shedding of blood without which every one of us would be in hell. There would have been no hope for us. That's the blood that saves. The blood that saves. What do you think about it? What do you think about this Jesus? I think about how he's thrown about by religion. I think about how the preacher's like to say, bless God, you can shake your fist at Jesus and say, keep your promises and he'll do it. 
ever heard a preacher saying that? Got to keep his word. My thought about Jesus goes deeper than that. I'm convicted when I look at the cross. Because you see, though I didn't know it, and though I don't know it much now, I'm told in this book that I was in him. Every step of the way from Gethsemane to the cross, I was in him. I was a part of that bloodletting in the judgment hall. I was a part of that weakness. How weak we are at times. How sorry we are as humans at times. But not keeping our word, not continuing on. I see our weakness when he couldn't carry the cross. The blood, the spit, the filth that was on his body. I see me in that. I've got a story nobody in the universe has. Because the creator of the universe is the one that did this. Colossians 1, all things were made for him and by him and aside from him. There's nothing in existence. That's the one hanging on the cross. He created this world. He had a hand in everything that God does. But he's hanging on the cross now. And in six hours, he'll be dead. But in that death is your death. For as many as have been placed into Christ, they have been placed into his death. That's right. That's your death. You killed him. And that's your death. He bore your sins. And gave you his life. He gave you a life without sin. A pure and a holy life. So that when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you start all over as a new creature. Dear friends, I want you to understand this. He's never going to die again. He's never going to suffer again over sin. He did it. He won't do it again. In a text we talked about yesterday, that those who do not except Jesus and his fullness and his grace, are enemies of what? Of the cross. Why? Because that's where they are. They're not going to believe that. They're not going to accept that. 
So Paul said, they're enemies of the cross if they don't preach the gospel Jesus gave to me. That's hard words. With what I know about the cross, anybody to be an enemy of the cross is insane. Why? Because that's their death. That's the end of their old wicked life. You can't be an enemy of the cross unless you've mixed the gospel up and brought it to be something of your own device. These are the ones Paul said were accursed. You see, that's why I'm such a diehard for this gospel. That's why I have no kind word about some. I understand why Paul said in Galatians 1 that if any man preach any gospel other than this than I preach, let him be accursed. I can understand that. Why? Because Paul saw in the cross what nobody else saw in the scriptures. Peter didn't see it. John didn't see it. Jude, the brother of Christ, didn't see it. None of them saw it. Only Paul saw the cross as salvation. Isn't that strange? Well, little wonder he would say, let him be accursed. Little wonder he would say that if they're not preaching the gospel Jesus gave to me, they're enemies of the cross. But let's bring it home. The way we live and the way we react and the decisions we make about Christ, about the gospel, often make us enemies of the cross because we've never seen that when I criticize something, I'm criticizing myself. When I don't live like I ought to live, I'm a hypocrite because I'm the one hanging on that cross. I'm not paying for my sin. He is. But I'm incorporated into his death so that my sin for sure dies with him. I don't hurt anywhere. I pay no price. Oh, we have a little struggle here or there. But we shed no blood. We wear no crown of thorns. Nobody stripes our back. Even if they did, it wouldn't be the same. So it's little wonder the epistles call for another way of living. Little wonder Paul addresses a whole new gospel. So what finally happens? We've all got decisions to make. Nine out of ten times our decisions benefit us. Because that's us. Us is the only ones we really love and like.
But the message of the cross rings loud and clear to me that my decisions ought to be based on my love affair with Jesus. Let's think about it for a moment. One verse of scripture wraps it all up. You got it on your badge. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. When they killed him, they killed me. When they crucified him, they crucified me. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it is not I that lives. It's that shed blood that gives me life. For the life of the spiritual being is in the flesh even as in the spirit even as it was in the flesh. The life is in the blood. In all of this, I'm inviting you to a love affair. I don't know how real you think Christ is in you. To me, he's very real sometimes, especially when I'm in trouble or when the CNS gang is after me or when I've made a mistake or committed a sin. He becomes very real to me at that time. Other times I just take it. I just go through life as if he were not there. That's sad. Because the thing that made the difference in my life was the cross. And the one who died on the cross is my life. Christ liveth in me. I no longer live. Christ liveth in me. What about your love affair? Do you ever love Jesus from the direction that I'm talking? As a Savior? Some of our old songwriters had it right. Nothing but the blood. Oh, precious fountain. Saved from sin, the blood. But did you ever stop long enough to really think that I'm in him? I caused all of these reactions to people that kill him. But this is the way God got rid of my old life so that I could enter into a new life by the shed blood. You see it? That's what Christianity is. That's what Christianity is. So without the remission of sin, there's no salvation. And there's no remission of sin without the blood. Well, these are heart-rendering thoughts and ideas. You see, that blood came down at the bottom of the cross, but it never stopped flowing. It's reached you and I.
2,000 years later, it still flows. Still flowing. As many sinners that want salvation, they can be saved by grace because the blood never ceases to flow. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. There is a crimson stream of blood drawn from Calvary. Never stopped. The blood. So you can't separate the blood from the life. I have that blood in me that's given me new life. Now what about my love affair? How do I love this Jesus? How do we express our love to the Christ who now lives in us? How do we love him? To me, it's simple. You love him by giving yourself to him. He's already there. He's lodged in your spirit. He has been joined to your spirit. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. He's been joined to your spirit. He's there. How do you love him? Give up to him. Give up to him. So we started yesterday talking about how we bring all that Adam had, the old sin nature and everything, to the cross. It goes through the cross and it comes out where there's nothing of us in the past anymore. It stopped. It stopped at the cross. When he died on the cross, it stopped. The trail of blood is what gives us life. Well, we're not through with the scene yet. We're at Calvary. And I'm going to be spending a lot of time talking about Calvary. I want to talk about what happens there. But before I can really get into that, I want you to understand that this message I bring you is a message in the hands, as it were, of the Holy Spirit. It's way beyond me. I could just talk to you about the things I see and have heard of the Spirit, but this is a message that the Holy Spirit handles. And it is my prayer when I go into this that the Holy Spirit, who is your teacher, who lives in your soulish part, will never let you forget this about Jesus. Remember, Jesus said he'll take the things of mine and reveal them unto you. There's so much about Jesus we don't know, and only the Holy Spirit can reveal that to us. See, I'm not talking about a dead religion. I'm not talking about books you read or, or things you've heard in the past. I'm talking about a living, vivid relationship with Christ who lives in you, that we can all say Christ liveth in me. 
Now, love affair is necessary for that. Do you love it? Do you love it? How do you love Jesus? Well, all our life, we have loved Jesus as if he were God the Father. That's the way we've loved him. As if he were sitting at the right hand of the Father and that we loved him and hoped that we could build up enough faith so he'd come down and help us out. You know what that kind of a gospel is? It's a crossless gospel. That's what the kingdom message is always doing. If we get enough faith, folks, we'll get Jesus in here doing something. Always trying to build up our faith. I'm so glad Paul didn't teach that. Paul didn't teach what we needed to do. He taught what we already had. Do something about that. We got it all, no more to be given. So our love affair is not with Jesus out there somewhere. Our love affair is with the Christ that is in us. That's what the cross did. The cross made it so that Christ lives in us. He's not coming and going. He lives in us. He's my life. He's the seed that was put in me. Christ in me, my hope of glory. When I get to thinking like that, it's not hard to form a love affair with him. When I need something, I talk to my father, my heavenly father. When I'm praying, like Jesus said to the disciples, pray our father which art in heaven. And he intensified that prayer in John 17 when he made the father the center of his attention in his whole prayer there. I talk to my father who birthed me. I love my father, but my love affair is not with my father. It's with the Christ that's in me. My needs are with the father. See, I have the conception now that ever since he rebirthed me, put his seed Christ in me, it's up to him to take care of me. He's my father. I have a strong feeling that fathers ought to take care of their kids. So it's up to him to take care of me. That's a different relationship than I have with this Jesus who lives in me. That's a relationship of love. You see, he doesn't do anything. He is something. He is something. He doesn't have to give me anything. He is somebody in me. Why doesn't Paul give us a good healing message like Jesus of Nazareth gave? Because Christ lives in us. It's a whole different relationship. When I need healing, I talk to my father about, it. how's my father going to heal me? He's going to heal me because of what Jesus did. That's what he'll stand on. We're going to see that more clearly tomorrow. But my love affairs with this Jesus who did all of these things to give me life. He took away my old life. He gives me a new life. And the new life is him. Isn't that remarkable? I'm still in him. I was in him when he died. I'm in him now. For by one spirit, the Holy Spirit, I have been placed in Christ. My love affair is with him. How do I manifest that love affair? Well, I sing songs to him every once in a while. 
I got one I can think of it uh, in my more rational moments. My Jesus, I love you. I know thou art mine. For thee all the fetters of sin I re repine or whatever. Can't remember all the words. I'll, I'll end up in the middle of the night just singing that to Jesus. My life. That's me I'm singing to. You say, well, did you ever ask Jesus to do something for you? I suppose I do sometimes. That comes out of my past. But really, it's a love affair. He doesn't have to do a blessed thing for me because we're going to see tomorrow that he's done all he could. What more can he do? You say, well, he can sure help me in my business right now. That's not his responsibility. He paid the price so that the father has the right to take care of the children. See, we're going we're gonna to get to the nitty gritty of that. You're going to understand. Your prayers are to the Father for your needs and wants. Your love affairs with Jesus. Find you a little song you can sing to him. Just wrap your arms around yourself sometimes. Say, Jesus, I sure do love you. You're precious. I can't forget that blood. I can't forget that sacrifice. I can't forget that God put me in him to get me good and dead. And he fixed it up so that it is a visual picture of what death really is. Of what hurt and pain really is. Do you love him? Another point, if you love him, you will want his life to be your manifestation. That doesn't come out of law. That comes out of a love affair. He is your everything. It is Christ who is you at whatever you do. I've said it so many times. It's Christ as you as a mother. It's Christ as you as a father. It's Christ as you as a mechanic. It's Christ as you as a secretary. It's Christ as you as a bricklayer. It's Christ as you as a carpenter. Just on and on. It's not you anymore. It's him. And the manifestation of him has to do with the love affair. Paul said, I can do all things. How? Through Christ. Who strengthens me. Where do you get strength? From within. From within. So he strengthened us. We get our strength like that. A love affair. When you have to question, should I do this or do that? And you're at odds as to knowing what to do. You may have been neglecting your love affair. You should have such a conversation with him, with Christ that's in you, not outside of you. And the reason sometimes we don't have this conversation with the Christ that's in us, it scares us. My Lord, I've been thinking bad. I've been saying bad things. And here he lives in me. Could I ever bring that to reality? It already is. Your love affair has to do with your expression of him. He come to live in you 
so that he could express himself through you. He allowed you to be in him so that you could end your old life. Now he's in you. You should have no life of your own. You say, well, I went to school to study to be this or that. That's okay. Maybe Jesus wants to be that through you. He's smart enough. But you see, ever since that cross, you've no life of your own. You died there. So if what you're doing now doesn't fit that, quit it. Quit it. Some of you are old enough to do that. Quit it. He wants to be you. He doesn't want you to be Jesus of Nazareth. It's not a thing of the flesh. It's a thing of the spirit. He wants you to be who God created you to be. And so he wants to work through that creation of who you are. That's where you need to get into the scriptures and find out indeed who you are. Most of the time people go to the scriptures to find out how to get some kind of help. Well, you'll be doing that all the days of your life looking for help because you don't know who you are. You got to know where you're headed. I'll close with this. I heard a cute thing the other day about Einstein. I don't have a feeling he was a Christian, so. But it was a cute story. He was on a train. You know Einstein. He was on a train. And the conductor was coming down the aisle to pick up the tickets. And Einstein started looking for his ticket. He had on an overcoat. He went through all the pockets. He went through the pockets in his pants. He thought maybe he'd put it in his briefcase. He looked everywhere he could for that ticket, and the conductor was standing there. Waiting for him to find his ticket. And finally, the conductor said, say, Dr. Einstein, we know who you are. I don't really need a ticket from you. I know who you are. And Einstein looked at him and said, well, I know who I am, too. But he said, without that ticket, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> now, the message has got some of you fixed as to who you are. Now, what are you going to do with it? Where are you headed? I don't want you to run around trying to find a church building to preach in. That's not what the world needs. They've got enough of those already. Enough places for people to be saved. But there's not many places for people to know what salvation is. And that's your calling. That's our calling in this message. To help people to know what the scriptures say. And of course the first thing you've got to do is get the two gospels separated or you'll never understand what the scriptures are saying. And so we're strong on that point. You've been about the best group of people I've seen all day. God love every one of you. 
Well, our time is up again today. Thank you for being with us. And don't worry, we're going to pick up right here where we left off uh, today. We'll pick up next week with Warren Litzman and his study on the cross. Please visit our website. We're very proud of it. And we're very, very proud of our In Christ message. Check us out, christ-life.org. We'd like to thank Robbie Litzman for allowing us to go into the archives each week to bring you these wonderful messages. Valerie Hill does our Twitter account. Tammy Laycock does the weekly podcast notes. And the program is produced weekly by the wonderful Teresa Ferraro from the Christ Life Fellowship. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, loving the Christ Life.